I know that there are some of us, in fact, I know that there are actually a lot of us, um, a lot of us are like me. Um, a lot of us didn't grow up doing Lent. And so I think it's important for us to, you know, just take a couple of minutes to remember what Lent is all about. Um, Lent is this season, it's this holy season, these 40 days that lead us right up to the, the celebration of Easter. Lent has been around, I mean, because it started in the, in the early fourth centuries. Uh, Christians started to set aside these days, these 40 days as, as a time, as a special time of prayer and preparation and, and penitence. Um, this was supposed to be a, a time of self, self-reflection and self-searching and self-seeking, a time of self-denial. It was supposed to be a time of, of an actual real fast. You know, like, like a real fast, not like a, a, a faith-based sort of diet, but something that was working not just on our bodies, but was working on our hearts and, and our minds. It was supposed to be this time that led us through the, the pain and the emptiness of the cross so that we might be prepared to receive the, the emptiness of the tomb, to come face to face with the, the emptiness of the tomb. And there's something I think really poignant, there's something really powerful about Lent's call for, for us to examine ourselves, because I fear that there, there are too many of us in here that for, for us in years past, for us Easter has just kind of seemed like just, like just another Sunday. I mean, yeah, it was a little bit bigger, yeah, it was a bit grander, it was a little bit harder, to find, it was a whole lot harder to find parking out in the parking lot, but, but other than that, it just, just kind of felt just kind of felt ordinary. And, um, and that maybe, maybe that's because we haven't done our part. Maybe it's because we, we haven't done our work. We haven't prepared ourselves. Maybe it feels ordinary because we haven't prepared our souls to connect with, with, with this whole story, with, with, with the whole story of the gospel. Maybe it is that, maybe it is that we just want to get to the good parts. Maybe we've missed it because we want to hurry up and get to the good parts. We want to hurry up and get to, to the good news of Easter Sunday. And we don't want to linger too long in the, in the pain of Good Friday. But what, what we need to remember is that there is no, there is no resurrection without crucifixion. Not in Jesus' life. And certainly, certainly not in our own. And so Lent, Lent begs us, Lent begs us to make this, this story, this whole story, our story. Lent begs us to, to make Jesus' Jesus's journey our journey. It begs us to make Jesus' sacrifice our sacrifice. And so that's what we're gonna be talking about this year. This year we're gonna be talking about who Jesus is. Throughout Lent this year, we're gonna be talking about who Jesus is, I mean, who Jesus really is, not just with our empty words, not just with our, our, our unreflected upon beliefs. Who is it? Who is it that we say Jesus is? Because that, that question, it comes straight from the Gospels. One day Jesus and his disciples were walking through Caesarea Philippi and Jesus stops and he asks them, he asks them this question, Jesus stops and he says, who is it that people say that I am? Who is it that other folks say that I am? And the disciples replied, oh, well, they say that you're, you're John the Baptist, or some of them say that you're Elijah come back from the dead. Others of them, they think that, that you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And then Jesus, then Jesus made it personal. 
said, okay, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? It is a very personal question that still demands a very personal reply. And today we're gonna see one of the, just one of the many answers that Jesus gives us to offer. And so if you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and pull them out. Maybe you have a a Bible app on a cell phone or a tablet with you this morning. I hope you got the the WC app by now. Go ahead and turn it on. Uh, This morning we're gonna be in the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, Matthew chapter seven, if you have your Bibles. This is gonna be at the very end. This is, this is Jesus' summation of the Sermon on the Mount. Okay, so G, uh, Matthew chapter seven, picking up our study this morning, picking up our reading with verse 24. So Matthew chapter seven and verse 24. Friends, hear the word of the Lord. Jesus said, everyone then who hears these words of mine and, and acts on them, will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell. And great was its fall. Who do we say Jesus is? He's a rock. That's who Jesus is. He's a, I mean, I mean, Jesus, Jesus was a carpenter, remember? And so surely, surely Jesus had the calluses to prove that he knew exactly what he was talking about here. Um, surely Jesus had, had built houses before. And so he drew upon that experience, Jesus drew upon that knowledge to give us one of the most profound lessons about who who he is. He gave us one of the most profound lessons about his very nature. He's our rock, he is our foundation, our sure, sturdy, unshakable foundation. And just think about it. Think about, think about a, a, think about a house without a foundation. Uh, um, think about a house with maybe even a shaky foundation or, or, or with a broken slab. I mean, we're in Texas, so surely, surely that's not going to be hard for us to imagine. Um, think about a house without a foundation. It's just, it's just kind of wonky, isn't it? Uh, and Jesus says, just like that, just like a house without a foundation, so is a life without him. And, and the life that Jesus is talking about here, the faith that Jesus is talking about, it's not, it's not a, a passive sort of faith. It's not a faith that's just kind of background scenery. What Jesus is talking about here, it's, it's not us just showing up. It's not us being here this morning and just listening to his words. No, Jesus says that, that's only sand. The life, the faith that Jesus is talking to, the rock, it demands us to be active, not this passive thing. It demands us to be active, to hear and to do, to be hearers of the word and doers of the word. Because the storms, the winds, the rains, they're inevitable. The question isn't if they're gonna come. The story is when. When are are they gonna come? That's what Lent confronts us with, that reality. 
That's the whole point of this. It's meant to, to bring us face to face. Face to face with our sinfulness and our brokenness and our wantonness and our neediness. And then in, in, in Lent's call for us to repent, and Lent's call for us literally to turn, it brings us face to face with Jesus. It brings us face to face with his love and his mercy and his grace, the, the extraordinary sacrifice that sets us free. That's the rock. In fact, um, in fact uh, 11 years ago, 11 years ago, I saw something. And I took a picture of it because I knew, Pastor Judy, Pastor Joy, I knew 11 years ago, I knew I'd be able to, to, to use this moment in a sermon. I have waited 11 years to share this with y'all. So I, I'm, honestly, I hope it holds up. Uh, uh, 11 years ago, um, back in 2012, we had just moved into what was then the brand new office buildings that we had just built, you know, right over there across the parking lot. And uh, one afternoon I was leaving and I looked back and I noticed something. Um, I noticed that the foundation over there, the foundation in the administrative building, and I reckon the foundation over here in the spaces that we built over here too, uh, I noticed that they were covered, they were covered ironically with this, with this weather barrier. Um, grace, it said. Grace, it had stamped on it in big, bold letters. It was a building founded on the foundation of grace. A church founded on the foundation of grace, lives founded on the foundation of grace. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's, he's our, our strong foundation. It's Jesus. He's our steady rock. It's Jesus. That unshakable ground upon which all our everything else is supposed to be built. God, I love that, and I love that image. Jesus is our sure foundation. Everything in our lives is built upon him. I want us to think about what that means, because I want us to own that picture, because I think it is key to living a life of faith. Let's look at two pictures, and I want us to notice. One is a picture of a construction site, and you see the foundation of a building. So in our lives, that foundation is Jesus. Look at the building. What are those buildings? Many different sizes and shapes. The building are our lives. Our lives are built on that sure foundation. He makes us who we are. And so we lean into our foundation to remember how to live a life of faith. And so I was thinking about that. What do foundations do for a building and a structure? And then we can make the corollary to the Christian life. So I went to an engineering journal in which an engineer gave us the answers. Now, it's a little dangerous for me, so y'all have to hang with me. But this is what an engineer says that a foundation does for a building, and I want us to see the spiritual application. Well, it provides overall stability for the structure. So Jesus, as our Lord and Savior, provides stability for our lives, provides a level surface for the construction. Jesus gives us a moral standard that gives us a level structure in which to build our lives, principles that will enable us to stand. It has low distribution is carried out evenly, which means when Jesus is our foundation, he enables us to handle the stresses and pressures of life that are gonna happen. And so he enables us to do that. I know, love the next one. Load intensity is reduced to be within the safe bearing capacity of the soul. I think what that means is God never gives us more than we can endure. 
The load that we have, we can handle because we have a foundation that will enable us to stand. And then I love the next one. Soul movement effect is resisted and prevented. When Jesus is our foundation, he keeps us from drifting off, from moving away, from losing the faith. Literally, when Jesus is our foundation, we, we, we focus on him and we know where our strength lies. We have a new appreciation and approach to life. I ran across a wonderful quote a couple of weeks ago from one of White's Chapel's former pastors, one of the most beloved pastors in our annual conference, Pastor Jimmy Ray Scott had a saying and his daughter is a member of our church and she shared with me what her dad said, be loyal to the royal within you. Isn't that great? Be loyal to the royal within you. Our foundation is Jesus. He enables us to stand. He makes us who we are. So it seems to me our challenge is how do we let Christ be our sure foundation and the rock on which our lives stand? And it seems to me verse 24 gives us two traits that are really important for us to see that I want us to notice. Look back at 24. Everyone then who hears these words and acts on them will be like a wise person who builds their house on the rock. The two criteria are to hear and to act. And you have to do both of them. So I want us to think about it for just a moment. What does it mean to hear Christ speaking to us so we can have the sure foundation? How do we hear And it seems to me the way that we hear there are three pillars that we dive deep into the ground that enable our foundation to stand. Three ways that we hear God. And one is through scripture. We believe that scripture is the inspired word of God. It's a living, breathing word that God speaks to us. And we hear God through scripture. In fact, I love Hebrews 4. I love the way the writer put it. Indeed, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul from spirit, joints from marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And before him, no creature is hidden, but all are naked and laid bare to the eyes of the one to whom we must render an account. I love when we read scripture, there's always so much more going on than than meets the eye. There's a deeper meaning. And when we open our lives and we open our souls up and let the Lord speak to us, he will encounter us through his holy word. That's why we go deep into the foundation when we base our lives on scripture. I have to tell you, one of the, the joys of my life through my whole ministry has been teaching the Bible and sharing Bible studies with people through the years. Todd, I know it's one of your joys as well. So often in Bible study, we're students like everybody else because we just open our lives before the Lord and let the scripture speak to us. And it's amazing through the years when believers gather together to do that, how God just shows up and miracles happen and amazing things happen, and I've seen it time and time again through the years. In fact, I was thinking back when I got to Weiss Chapel in the early 1990s, we started Bible studies and we had the first disciple Bible study class. It was a year long survey of the Bible, 34 weeks, pretty intensive study. And we had it on Sunday night from six until 8.30. Literally went from Genesis to Revelation. It was a great study. It was really in depth, great conversation over scripture. But what amazed me, was the folks would get so fired up about Bible study that when the Bible study ended, the conversation would spill out into the parking lot. 
And we would get in the parking lot and we would talk about God and about scripture and what God was doing. Sometimes we would be there until after 10 o'clock at night. It was just an amazing time for a pastor to be a part of these faith conversations that were so deep and so profound. And it was in that parking lot that I knew that God was up to something big at White's Chapel. And it continues to be the case when we study the Bible and we open our lives before the Lord. We go deep into the foundation of Jesus Christ. It's how we hear through scripture. We also hear through worship. When we gather together to worship, we're here because the Lord has something to say to us and we want to experience it. I know you've been hearing about the revival that has broken loose at Asbury University in Wilmore, Kentucky. It's really kind of an amazing story how this revival has been going on. Literally, the students will tell you it is led by college students. It was all about college students worshiping, and they said it was unplanned, unscripted. They had no idea the Holy Spirit was going to move like this. Pastor John Reeves told us the story a little bit on Ash Wednesday. He basically said the preacher who preached chapel service at Asbury on February the 8th thought his sermon was terrible. He went home kind of dejected, it didn't go over, nobody responded, he just felt like he failed miserably. He had preached a dud. But when the service was over, some students just kind of hung around to, to pray. And as they prayed, the worship leaders kept playing music and they prayed. And then more and more students started coming and they prayed and they worshiped and they just didn't leave. And that revival went on 24 hours a day, seven days a week as students kept flocking to that prayer meeting. And in fact, words started getting out through social media and the regular media. And we all started to hear about this. Literally people from all over the nation, all over the world started flocking to Asbury to be a part of this revival. In fact, such great crowds came, they couldn't get in. You would have to wait for hours to get a seat in this revival that was ongoing, this amazing Holy Spirit-led moment. In fact, it got to the place, it was so crowded, the little town of uh, Wilmore only has, has 6,000 people in it. The leaders couldn't handle, they didn't have infrastructure to handle the crowds. And the crowds were so big, the college couldn't have classes. So finally, the leaders of the town and the college got together and said, we're gonna have to end this formal revival because we can't handle all the people that are coming. Now, it's an amazing story, but it just raises a question for us. What's going on? Why did that strike a chord? What was happening that people would travel all around the world and the nation to come and experience this revival? My friends, I'm convinced it's because people are hungering to experience the word of God, to know that it's real, that God is moving, that God is alive. They wanted to be a part of that. They wanted to taste that for themselves. And you see, every time we worship, that's why we're here. We're here because we know God is alive. We wanna tap into his spirit. We, we want to experience him and know him in a profound way. Every time we worship, we pray for a revival to break out so that people can know the Lord and we can hear him and follow him. And it happens when we build, build, dig deep into our foundation that is Jesus. And we hear. We hear through scripture, we hear through worship, and we hear through prayer. Think about it, when we pray, we are tapping into the power that created the universe. Pastor Todd, I love what you said, it's true. 
Storms are gonna come. We're gonna have issues, we're gonna have struggles, we're gonna have pain, we're gonna have questions, we're gonna have doubts. And in those times of trouble, what we need to learn to do is the first thing we need to do is pray. Take whatever we're dealing with to the Lord in prayer and know that when we dig deep into our foundation of Jesus, he will enable us to bear the load and we will stand because it's his power, not ours, that we rely upon. Heard a wonderful story about a a great 98-year-old saint in the church and she had been a member of her church all of her life and she shared with her pastor her understanding of prayer. And she said, preacher, when I pray, I'm just talking to God. So I start talking to God and I tell him what's going on with me and I tell him I want this and I want that and I just share with the Lord whatever I'm thinking in my life but I always end up saying, but Lord, you just work this out your way because you're a whole lot smarter than I am. And I love that saint's wisdom because it's a down home way of saying when we pray, of course, we open our lives out and we share and we're vulnerable and we're honest before the Lord, but always the most powerful prayer is Lord, thy will be done. I trust you, I wanna rely on you. You are my foundation and I wanna get in touch with that. So how do we hear? Well, we hear through scripture. We hear through worship, we hear through prayer, but I want us to know if we do those three things fervently, it's not enough. Our lives won't be built on the rock. We will not stand if that's all we do. Remember what verse 26 said? And everyone who hears these words of mine but does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was its fall. See, it's not enough just to hear, we have to act. We have to be hearers of the word, but we also have to be doers of the word in order to have the foundation that will enable us to stand. Which raises the second question I want us to deal with. What does it mean for us to act? How do we act? How do we live out this passage of scripture? And it seems to me the beginning place is to understand who Jesus is. To ask this question of Lent, who do we say that Jesus is? Because we need to know that Jesus is not just a historical figure we read about in scripture or in history. He's not just a theological idea about salvation. We need to know Jesus in a personal, intimate way as our Lord and Savior. Because when we know him in that personal way, that's how our actions change because of him in response to his love to us. Pastor Todd shared a joke with me that really kind of sets this series up and I I need to be honest with you, at 820, nobody laughed. So I need y'all to help me. I need you to fake it and give me a courtesy laugh. Choir, can I get a courtesy laugh? My great worship leaders. That's cheating. I, that's, cheating. that's cheating. It is absolutely <laughs> cheating. But I am going to do that. So let's, here's, here's the way the story goes. Jesus came to earth and he went to a modern day seminary. And he was walking around the seminary and he went up to one of the students and he asked the students, who do people say that I am? And the student answered, well, some say you are the ground of all being. 
And others say you are the existential savior. And others say you are the ultimate reality. And Jesus looked at the student and said, huh? (laughs) Okay. I know, fake laugh, probably fake groan. But there really is a point there. Beyond all of the, the, the fancy words in theology, do we know Jesus in that personal, intimate way that he walks with us and he talks with us and he tells us we are his own? Do we understand that prayer is an intimate conversation throughout our day and life with a beloved friend who is right beside us? Do we see him everywhere in the miracles of life? Do we know that we're living in the kingdom of God right before us in plain sight? Do we have hearts of gratitude that continually say, thank you, Lord? The truth is we need to know Jesus that way because it's out of that relationship that our actions will change. Had a wonderful moment Wednesday night. Ash Wednesday was incredible. These worship leaders, this choir, Pastor John Reeves, it was an amazing service. And we left, Todd and I were just walking on a cloud. And we went to our car and we were getting ready to leave and we looked up in the sky. It was really kind of amazing. I hope you noticed on Wednesday, even with the kind of light pollution of the Metroplex, we looked up in the sky and there was a crescent moon and what looked like two really bright stars that happened to be Jupiter and Venus. We kind of found out later uh, from the scientist. And we were just looking at the moon and those stars. And we realized, you know, the moon and the stars, those moon and those planets that we were looking at don't have any light in and of themselves. What they were doing is reflecting the light of the sun from a million miles away. And it hit me, that's what we do as followers of Jesus Christ. We reflect the light of the sun, S-O-N. And the way that we live and the way that we love and the way that we serve and the way that we give and the way that we forgive, we reflect Jesus' light to the world so that people will know that he's alive and he's real because they see his reflection in us. All our actions will change when we know our job is to lean on our foundation and reflect the light of the sun. Love the old story from the 1930s. That great Baptist preacher, Harry Emerson Fosdick, once wrote a editorial in a New York newspaper about some social issue. There was a very prominent Lutheran pastor in town that took offense. He didn't agree with Fosdick's position, so he wrote a letter to the editor back. was really critical, not only of Fosdick's position, but he got pretty personal. He criticized him, said some harsh words, some pretty ugly words. He made it really personal, and after his letter appeared in print, he thought, well, that's the end of that relationship. Fosdick and I will never speak to each other. He thought that thing is, that relationship is over. A few months later, that Lutheran pastor went to a convocation at Union Theological Seminary, and he was there kind of flipping through the program before the service began, and he was horrified to notice that the guest speaker of the day was Harry Emerson Fosdick. He thought, oh no, what, what, what am I going to do? I can't get out of here. The processional had started. The choir was coming in. The pastors were coming in. He was sitting on the front row where Pastor Sterling was. He thought, there is no gracious way I can get up and get out of here. 
So the choir was waiting to get seated and all of a sudden he sensed it. There in the aisle right beside him was Harry Emerson Fosdick. And I love what he said about that moment. Let me share with you in his own words what happened. He said, all of a sudden Fosdick reached over and he grabbed my shoulder and he gently squeezed it. Didn't say a word. He just gently squeezed my shoulder. And he said, I don't know what happened after that. All I know is that Harry Emerson Fosdick and I went on to be the closest and the best of friends because his forgiveness was greater than my vengeance. Isn't that great? That pastor didn't just hear the word, he acted on the word. My friends, that's our calling. Jesus is our rock, our sure foundation. And we not only hear the word, but we act on the word. We are hearers and doers of the word. So that verse 25 will capture our story. The rains will fall and the floods will come and the winds will blow and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you that you are our rock and our sure foundation. And the way that we prepare that foundation, the way we live that is through the hearing and the doing of word, of your word. So Lord, come to us and help us do that. Help us be ever attentive and listen for your voice through scripture and through worship and through prayer. But Lord, once we hear the word, send us out to be doers of the word. May people see your light reflected in our lives through the way that we live and the way that we love and the way that we serve and the way that we respond to others. Lord, we live in a world that needs a revival and we pray for a revival. And Lord, begin it in us that we go forth to lift high your cross and tell the story of Jesus, our savior. Lord, may we build our foundation on you and let the revival begin in us. Come to us, Lord, fill us and send us out to reflect your light. These things we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.